Hello, Conversations with Dwyer listeners. If you are enjoying the podcast, but you want a little bit more, you can become a Patreon subscriber. And for $5 a month, you can get bonus content, bonus episodes, and a podcast that I create solely for Patreon, where I talk to comedians about the music that they like. And you get a pin that was created by Charlene Yee of the, the, the Conversations with Dwyer logo. So please, become a Patreon subscriber. The link is in my show notes under All Things Dwyer, or you can just go to themattdwyer.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And the song that played me in is called Handsome Man. And it's from the album Twin Plagues, which comes out August 13th on Oradale Records. And my guest today is Carly Hartzman, who uh, I love. I really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, please, buy the buy the album. I did. I heard an advanced copy for, that the label sent me. And it's great. I enjoyed it. So I bought it because I, because Spotify, you know what Spotify does? They f- line their fat fucking pockets with money, but they don't do shit for the artists. And uh, so I want to support artists and great new original music. So I buy things, not to be preachy about it. But anyway, all links to this album and the ways you can buy it are in the show notes. And just a side note, the, the label is owned by Owen Ashworth from Casio Tone from the Painfully Alone and Advanced Bass, and he's been a guest on the show. It's a great episode. You can go to themattdwyer.com or conversationswithdwyer.com, and you could look up all my past episodes. And I'm sure if you're here because you like the band Wednesday, who, by the way, is Carly Hartsman of the band, is my guest today. <laughs> uh you could see all of my past guests and listen to and be like, oh, wow, Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips. Oh, cool, Wayne Kramer from the MC5. Oh, cool, Danita Sparks from L7. Oh, cool, Leah Wellbaum from Slothrust. Oh, cool, Lou Barlow. Oh, cool. Look at all these cool guests Matt Dwyer has had on his podcast. I just think I'm going to binge all of these. And, like I said, often there is bonus material and... uh on the Patreon, Patreon keeps it alive. But uh, also, and also, the websites can link you to the social media, so you could look at my Instagrams, you could follow my Twitters, and sometimes TikToks. I've got to get better about it. But I, I just man, between putting out two episodes a week and trying to promote those while researching and then putting shit out on Patreon, TikTok is a lot of fucking work. <laughs> it's like, at least for I'm not tech like it. I'm not a tech sufficient guy. I'm not tech savvy, so this is a lot for me to do. It hurts my brain, man. But anyway, enough of me talking about me. Let's listen to Carly Hartsman of Wednesday talk about her new album and life in North Carolina. Thank you for listening. You said you keep lists, and then you were like, "Do you keep like old lists lying or, or not laying around?" But like, well, some people keep all that stuff. I just got them in like I keep them in a book, and like the book goes on for however long I have it. So even like a list from I probably go went through one every six months. 
of just like lists of what to do every day or else I will do nothing. Um, and so, yeah, anytime I'm like flipping through trying to find like, cause I'll write lyrics in there too. So if I'm trying to find lyrics and practice a song or something, I'll see a list from whenever the fuck <laughs> amount of time ago and just be, uh, uh, be wonder about the person I was weeks ago that wanted a, uh, ironing board or something. Do you still want an ironing board? <laughs> no, I just use the floor, you know? Yeah, I always just throw a towel over a table. Iron board, exactly. they're clunky and they take up space and they, they f- fuck the ironing board, I say. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Do you look at those Iron books board. and see like how, do you look back like and go, oh, I've changed a lot in six months or I've, or I've di- regressed in six months? Um... I, well, it's mostly just I just see how um, I go through phases of stuff I'm into um, and that I can kind of see. I don't really regress or um, make progress, really. I just stay in the same thing. I get different hobbies and eat different things. So I'll be like, this week we're going to get all my vegetables at the Asian market and only make Korean food. And like, that'll be a phase. And then so I'll have that, like, go to the YZ Asian market on my list and then like forget it exists for months for some reason and go to some other place. And I don't know, I get into patterns and then I get out of them. I think that's the only thing that I really notice <clears throat> from the lists. It's just weird. Cause I do that too. And then like, I'll, but, and I've been on this earth for decades and I'm like, I do the same thing where I'm like, I'm going to love this forever, which is like my five-year-old does that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I still do it where I'm like, I love cooking Asian food. I don't know why I never did this more. And then I'll just be like, suddenly I'll just stop and just be super into something else. Yeah. I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with whatever, like you're in the mood for. It's literally just, does your brain remember that thing you enjoyed and usually, like, I, even if I loved something, I'll realize, like, wow, I haven't made, I made this thing this one time and then forgot it, like, loved it, forgot it existed. And then months will pass or I'll be like, I just haven't enjoyed that food since that time. <laughs> Do you think, like, getting, I don't know, those patterns and getting mildly, I guess, obsessed with something, is that also, like, a creative person thing? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I do get... <clears throat> Uh, it has a lot to do with whatever hobby I'm into at the time. So things I'll buy, like, I, yeah, I pick up all sorts of hobbies for however long. There's a few that have stick, like, stuck over the years. Like, I've always been into sewing. I've always been into cooking. And I've always been into music, obviously. <laughs> um, so I'll what buy you, things. Who hmm? if you just didn't like music at all? I just somehow uh, do this. <laughs> Yeah, someone, someone's just pushing, yeah, forcing my hand to play, to be this uh, career musician. What? God, yeah, wouldn't that be crazy? I don't even, like, live off of it at all yet. That would be nuts if I was devoting this much time to it. And not <laughs> I think you will. I think you're really, like, you guys are great, or you're great. I don't know who who's in charge of it. Oh, there. yes, everybody. Everybody in the band helps. Are, I love my but Do you... Are you the main song bringer in her? I'll bring the, cause I more than I, the easiest part for me is writing the lyrics. That's the part that comes most intuitively. So I write the lyrics, then I try to write 
a guitar part that has the same mood. And that's basically all I bring in the band does like brings everyone's got like a really specific thing they bring. They're so special. I love my bandmates so much. Um, but yeah, cause there's Alan playing drums. Margo plays bass. Uh, Jake lead guitar. He also has his own music. That is the best. I've, I've, and, I've listened and I, I follow him as well. And I agree. He, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's great to have him in my band. He's also my partner. He, we live together. Um, and then who am I missing? Zandy on lap steel, which irreplaceable special boy. Do you think you could cre- create music in with other people or is this, or do you, I guess would be a better. Um, I don't want to, so I don't, I love, <laughs> <laughs> I would, if any of them left, I would be pissed, but I mean, we could always figure it out, but I don't want them like to leave. <laughs> like they're, we were just buds too. And I think that's really rare. I don't know if that's rare, but bands, I think just from the bands I've been, the fact that we get along well and play well together is like something I wouldn't like, I wouldn't trade for anything. Cause we hang out outside of band practice and uh, it's priceless. It's just, it's amazing to me, especially when bands are great or unique and that it even comes together. Like it's so hard to pull. It's hard to get friends together to play like softball or drink beer, <laughs> let alone yeah. this massive creative effort. Like I'm always like, and then when it's like something like the kinks or somebody who's just like monstrously huge and talented, I'm like, how did you do this? When I think about it, I have no idea. It just feels like a gift that keeps happening for some reason. Like we just kind of, I think a really good thing that I would actually, it's advice I would give to any other musician who's just starting out. Cause I was not a very confident guitar player. I'm still not. Um, but I, my bandmates, like my drummer had never really played drums before. So we were, he, but he wanted to be in a band and I wanted to be in a band. So we got together and learned how to play our instruments together. And that's like an unbreakable bond, I think. So getting people that you feel like are on your like play, like level, it's like a level thing where you're all growing together, I think really helps. And then, but then I also have like complete genius musicians in the band too, who like have like Jake's been playing since he was in like elementary school or whatever. But I just started a few years ago. Really? Yeah. I started playing my junior year of college, which was probably like, oh, I don't know, four years ago now. That's crazy to me because it's not long ago and I've, or maybe it's not crazy. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's crazy to me. I don't know how it, I mostly just, I wanted it so bad <laughs> and then I just didn't know how to get there because I didn't have musicians in my family like my dad played guitar like really casually and my grandma sang like at the synagogue but um there was never like I didn't know anyone that could be like how do I do this so I would just pick up all the um Carrie Brownstein's book had just come out around the time that I was like I gotta figure out how to do this because there's nothing I want to do so I just read every music novel I could find or memoir by like women and all of them were like yeah I started in college I started playing in college and I was like I'm about to be in college. <laughs> I should do that. 
I honestly wouldn't have thought I could do it if I didn't read those books, though. Who were some of the other books you read? Um, Kim Gordon's <clears throat> Girl in a Band. Um, there's one called Clothes Music Boys about the the Slits, that uh, English kind of punk yeah. band. And that's more about, like, sex and drugs, but still, I got a lot out of it. All of these women that are writing the memoirs, too, are just like, yeah, I didn't play... I, they were in the same situation as me where they were like, I love music. I don't know anywhere. Like I've never had a lesson. I don't know where to start, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then I think I watched like the punk singer that um, Bikini Kill documentary in high school. And that changed my life <laughs> at the time. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah. Whatever I could find. That was just about people kind of similar. That's why visibility is so important when it comes to, like music because you got it it's like almost like seeing someone that is kind of in your same vein doing the thing you want to do is kind of all it takes a lot of the time yeah i know like from talking to two of the coat hangers like they i feel like they've inspired a lot of younger folk or other females to jump in there and they also were like you they're just like we just want to do this and um one of them whose name I because I'm bad with names but she took guitar lessons Julie hmm. but yeah, yeah I'm not familiar with that band actually oh really yeah. they've been around for like 15 years huh. and they've like they started off like real punky and then they evolved where they're I really feel like they're like as songwriters and then like it's become they've become like grown which I yeah. always love I love watching <clears throat> a band's journey hmm. I think that's he, definitely what yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I just, I think you would like them based on the other people. Was, did you ever, before those books, was it something that was like on your mind for a long time or was it just sort of like, how did that sort of evolve? Um, I, for the longest time, I like any time, well, since before I can remember, I did like theater as a kid. I was in like, um, like our Greensboro where I grew up did this big production of Wizard of Oz and I did it every year and I liked I knew I liked performing and then I had but I didn't love I didn't love theater specifically it was not really my thing I didn't like I didn't like learning lines I wanted to be saying I knew I had something to say um and then anytime my mind would wander I'd just pretend I was on stage but I, I had literally no idea how to get there. I like, li- like, especially in Greensboro where there was no scene that I knew of other than like pizza punk shows at like college bars that like just bad shit. And then eventually I met some people, um, that were in like a pop punk band and they were my age and I weaseled my way into that band and I didn't play any instrument. I was just like, let me be in your band. And they're like, Okay. <laughs> uh, and then that's how I don't remember what the question was, but I started rambling. Well, just to, that's fine. I like rambling. Uh, <laughs> <just> to, <laughs> I do. Uh, that um, uh, what your thoughts were before music and like if it was something that was on your mind. Oh yeah, always. I mean, in the second I, I and I also knew. Yeah, I love performing. And then I had a friend like that friend who like introduced me to all of the music that changed my life. And once I heard that stuff, like I heard my bloody Valentine for the first time in 
ninth grade. Um, and he took me to see painted being pure at heart. And I was like, that is it. That's it. Like music is it. That's what I want to do. And I just, yeah. Like weaseled my way into any situation that would lend itself to me doing it. <laughs> I like, I feel bad for those people. Cause I know people who like, I knew what I wanted to do as at very young and I saw a show and I was like, I, that, I, that is it. That's it. And I feel bad for those people who never have that moment because then they just go and like do taxes or something. (laughs) (laughs) Against people who do taxes, but I just can't mentally comprehend, you know, just doing this all day. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, if they went to a show and didn't have that moment, I guess they don't, they just don't. I I just feel like if you know, you'll do anything to get there, you know? But there's, I mean, there's a lot of other factors like, uh, I mean, if you're like mentally not in the right place to like put in a ton of work without any reward for <laughs> five years or whatever, um, I understand that bit, but, and yeah, that's honestly, I think that's even more depressing when there's someone who loves music, has talent, um, writes amazing songs, but doesn't have the like it's just, ah, I just, there's so many of my friends that write the best music and I want them to like make recordings. But when it comes time, they're just like, nah, like, I don't. I'm just like, no, <laughs> dude, your music is amazing. I've known people like that too. And you're just like, but it's funny too. Cause like, if you read or like a lot of the memoirs I've read, it's like, there's always like this, like Lenny Bruce had this guy that pretty much he was just doing Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce was just doing what this guy did socially. And he was like, and I'm like, oh, but that should have been the guy. <laughs> like, it's always wild to me. But then those, I think super brilliant people sometimes are just like, I don't know. When you say rewards, what does rewards, what does that mean to you? Um, well, I mean, I've been feeling grateful for making music the entire time. But it is like, I'm nowhere close to living off of it. I've had three and four jobs to fund my music career this whole time. Um. It, it would be a nice reward at this point because we have been a band for four years to um, financially survive <laughs> off of it in a way. Cause right now we're just, we pour money into it cause we have to. And it's like, and eventually like I wanted enough that I'm willingly doing that. I'm happy to do it right now. Um, but it is like, it wears you down to like, <laughs> Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. I'm already really happy. I think the other reward would be playing with, um, the thing I'm most excited for in my career is playing with other bands that I'm, that I love. (laughs) I just want to have like the shows. Yeah. I love performing. (laughs) But like, cause when I was searching and I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of, positive response to your band and not just the recent album but the pre 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 <laughs> I don't know what happened there <laughs> your previous work um yeah i mean it seems like people like us it's so hard to um it's really hard for me to internalize that kind of 
so like the stuff like reviews and stuff it's really hard for me to be like that is me they're saying that about me and my music and I don't know if that's like a I have a I dissociate I have like a dissociative thing a lot it's really hard for me to know like even when I listen to our music I'm like I have to be like this is you singing um like feel good about this because it's you like I honestly that and that carries over to um reviews and um any press or anything anyone says because I'm just like if someone gives me a compliment or something I'm like for some reason I'm just like I don't know if like, I know you're saying this to me, but it's not like, it doesn't hit, I guess, all the time. Do you know why that in is? In the way that like this, a crowd bopping along to a song, that hits for me, because I'm like in that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, people are super nice online. I should just, yeah, say that <laughs> as well. People well, you, are really, really nice about our music. Because <laughs> you didn't, Radar, I can't remember who it was, so put you on a playlist and like, like you know, I would guess highly visible. Yeah, a lot things. of people have been doing that. And um, the playlist thing is, uh, I, I just find it so dystopian that it's hard for me to be like, about a playlist, but also, yeah, that's like sick. <laughs> um, that, I mean, cause that means they're listening to our song enough that they want to have easier access to it. It's just, yeah, it's so like, uh, stuff online, man. It's just hard to be like, feel that, um, feel that directly. But yeah, that's always, I always appreciate when people do that. Yeah. I try to avoid any like comments, reading comments about anything I've done because it could be like. And I forget. Oh, it was Elisa Ambrosio from Magic Markers. I said, "Oh, I saw this great comment about you on your video," and she's like, "Somebody said something nice," and it's like it's usually just like, "What is wrong with everybody?" Yeah, I guess the way and the way that I feel like could translate to what you're saying is like, yeah, like getting a comment on a podcast you're putting out like that reward feeling of reward, quote unquote, um, versus like the reward you may get talking to a musician that you love. Like I would imagine just the way, like I was listening to your, um, Lou Barlow podcast and just that, like the, I mean, I could tell you're like viscerally excited and that's how like that, that translates to like what a show feels like where it's like, a visceral feeling like I project into <laughs> this is it. Like this is why I'm doing this versus like, yeah, the stuff online that's like, yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> but that's where it's, it's just, that's where it is. it's weird because you could get one negative comment or at least for me, one negative comment will outweigh a thousand positive things and it will just be like, what the fuck? Like it'll eat at me for, and it's like, that's one fucking guy in, like or like why why does that one thing pick at you when it's like oh i've had so many positive experiences in my life yeah uh i mean that's that's anywhere too like i've that made me think of um i was showing my i'm because yeah i'm a seamstress on top of doing music and i was showing my grandpa some clothes i had made and he's an artist and or he's a he does uh he does only nude only nude charcoal drawings he's like the amazing portraits or at portraits um 
And he's like, yeah, I could use some more, like, it's great, but it needs more like red. And I was like, you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Like, what are you talking about? But it, like, I was like, damn, like, and now every time I make something, it's like, oh, there needs to be more red. There's not enough red. And it's like, That's yeah, crazy. when someone gives you any critique, it's like, you're going to think about that every time you approach. Well, hopefully you don't, but sometimes you think about it every time you try to re- approach <coughs> that thing. Yeah, but plus it's like maybe he just likes red. Like it, it's it's like his <laughs> own little like, or just he at that moment. There's days where I'm like, oh, I like red, and then there's days where I'm like, oh, I like green. That's why I was like, what do you mean it needs more red? Like it needs more red today, or like it needs more red always? Like does everything need more red in your opinion? Like I was, and it, he seemed so sure. I was just like trying to figure it out. <laughs> just like okay, okay. I found that from industry people, like when they have given me notes in the past, I'm like, you just fucking have to say something, right? Like this is where, not saying that about your grandfather, but some people, (laughs) like, I don't want to seem like I'm dishing on, on the, your sweet grandfather, but like some people just feel like they have to say something to like, it's they, people do it on Twitter too. And I'm like, you know what? You could just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Well, in his case also, he's just like an old Jewish guy. And that's just kind of an old Jewish guy thing. And grandma's even worse. Grandma will say the most vile shit in the world, (laughs) like really calculated about you and like either what you look like or what you're doing. But yeah, people online love to say, and I will, Hmm. I don't even know if I need to go down this road because I, I get very intense about it. But when, especially when you're clicking through comments on bands with female front persons or anything other than like a dude and a guy band, the comments are so like specific and there'll be, there'll be some guy and being like, um, yeah, that G string is out of tune. And it's like, why like get out? Like, just don't say anything. Cause like, ah, uh, yeah, we don't even. Plus it's a fucking live show, asshole. Things go, <laughs> things become untuned while you play. That's why you stop after a song and tune up. You dumb. I've yeah. seen that comment. I've seen that comment before and it drives me. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's a live show. Yeah. And people, people love to say that women's instruments are out of tune. I don't know what that is. And I work in a guitar store as well, one day a week. I try, I do so many things to not work in retail, <laughs> but I have one retail job. And, um, <laughs> and I work there one day a week because that is all I can take. But I work there forever and the staff rocks and I like going in there, but the customers are, mm, and there's, yeah. And the stuff, they'll be like, you, do you play guitar? I'll be like, no, I just walked in one day and just said, job please and they just gave me a job even though i know nothing and i'm like uh yeah it it's baffling to me and maybe i guess because i have a lot of female friends and i have a lot of female friends who are in bands so i like i'm more i guess more aware of it than a lot of people but it's just like it's just so maddening to me that and it's just that it's like really we're still here huh we're still stuck in this bullshit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't need to tell you. I'm, oh, no. I, no, I know. I'm just saying it's like, you know, of course, of course, the older white guy has something to say about things. <laughs> it's unavoidable, man. It's just that's why it uh, helps to see like where we started off this conversation, just seeing some other person that's kind of like you on stage. 
despite all of that, that's all it takes. And for some reason it took me like a really long time to see a show that had a woman on stage for some reason. Like now that I think about it, I think I saw Palberta oh, in Asheville. I keep trying to get them on here. Oh, you should. I, I hadn't played music before when I saw them and I oh, went up really? to them mm-hmm. and I went up to one of the people in the band and I was like, your set just made me think I can play music. I'm going to start. And I started like then I bought a guitar like that week and I was like really mortified because they were just like, okay. But I was like, your set just changed my life. Like I'm, cause you made me realize I can do this. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know them personally, but I want to. How did you end up working with Owen Ashworth, who's a good human being? Uh, the best human being. We've become such good friends recently, like over the past, since we signed with them. I didn't know him at all before then, but I we had recorded that last album and I sent out emails for eight months trying to get anyone to sign us because we knew we wanted vinyl and we didn't have funds like to get it without a label. So, and I, Orndel was like my dream label. And so I didn't message them for like eight months. So like, they're just going to say no, and it's going to really hurt. And so I just didn't. <laughs> and then I just like <laughs> cold, I think I emailed him through like the contact box on the Orndel website, like some super janky methods of getting in contact with him. And um, he said he listened to it while he, shoveled some snow off of his sidewalk one day and I was like that's the perfect way to listen to it and he's like let's do a thing and I was like I mean it was like we didn't know each other at all he just liked the music which was exactly what I was looking for and yeah he's the best and there's anytime I have a conversation with someone that reminds me of the way we chat about how to run stuff like the casualness and the like I'm like okay this is a person that is a good person to work with because it shouldn't be the first thing that is talked about should not be money or Spotify or blah gross <laughs> industry shit like yeah it always be like, about shit. The, the art yeah it's it's so easy to get caught up in those other elements and lose focus at least in it has been in my my creative endeavors and it's just like and then you at you get to a point or at least i did where i just felt gross empty and at one point the person i was dating at the time was like are you even enjoying yourself anymore like is this fun anymore and i was like no it's not it's the only good thing that came out of that relationship by the way (laughs) that was the only Uh, yeah, I honestly bad, uh, bad relationships teach you the most valuable shit. Cause then you know, the good shit it's, it's exactly the same thing that actually happened to a band. I was in the first band I was in that pop punk band. I learned really quickly that that was not the way I wanted to do like operate. And then I figured out I wanted to do solo my own music and I knew exactly what my goals were and what my morals were. And I was like, I do not budge on these things or else I will feel like a piece of shit. And that was really valuable to know, like being in that situation that was, that made me feel like a piece of shit. I was like, okay, that's not gonna 
happen that way again. Yeah. I think lining yourself with a musician who has a label, because Sonny from Sunny in the Sunset has a label, and I interviewed Fake Fruit, and same kind of dynamic where it's like, it's a dude who gets it. It's not about, you know, gross capitalism. It's about putting out music that these individuals love with people that they love. And it's like, it shows in the whole, the whole package of it, to, in my opinion. Oh yeah. It's label of dreams. Honestly, it's been a, and it, uh, yeah. I know of two yeah. artists recently and there was one back in the 2010s. Remember, uh, clap your hands and say, yeah. Did you ever hear of that band? I don't like know their music, but I've seen their name. Yeah, because a buddy of mine used to own a record shop in L.A. And like they would literally, you would say, "Hey, I want to buy this album." They would, you would give him the money. He would send it to the guy, and he would mail the CD. And it was like they had no distributor, no label, and they sold tons. And I was like, "How the fuck did they pull that off?" And I know two other bands who, well, one has a distributor, but she's totally independent. And this band from New York, they have no label or distributor. And like, they're getting popular. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it. It's baffling. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I, that's not going to be an inclination I ever have. Like, I'm not going to want to run my own label. Like, I think that's a path some artists take sometimes. And that's never going to be me. I hate that end of thing. <laughs> I generally, I'm just like so happy to pass that stuff off. Have Luckily. You, have you done solos? Cause you said solo. I don't know if you meant like solo, like oh. your own music or if you've performed like, um, I perform solo sometimes, but I just mean like Wednesday versus like songs I was writing instead of songs I was performing with that other band. What made you come to the name Wednesday, which I love. And I know that seems, I don't know if that's a weird thing to compliment a band name, but it's just, there's something about it that's just very distinct. And, and then also Wednesday Adams, I'm an Adams family fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I actually, that's the one thing that, um, I just wanted to pick like a very neutral. There's so many bad band names. I wanted, I was like, what's a very neutral word. A word that is just, uh, my friend had a cat named noon, like the time noon. And I was like, that's nice. Like, that's just such a neutral word. And I was like, what's kind of an equivalent of noon, um, for a band name and Wednesday and Wednesday Adams was, I thought about it, but it's never been like directly connected to that character. Although I watched the, um, what's the one with Joan Cusack, that Adam's family movie. I was really into Oh, the movies, the movie ones. I never saw the like older show though. Um, and yeah, I just, I think I like that. It's a word that's kind of hard to spell. So like maybe by being a fan of the band, you can finally learn how to (laughs) spell kind of thing without having to, (laughs) So it's really a favor to people who are trying to learn. <laughs> I'm a, 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 well, we've messaged, so you may have picked up on it, but I, I fuck up words and it's not like I don't know how to spell, but maybe I do, but it's like, I don't know if I got something goofy going on in the brain, but I like f- screw up all the time. So you have oh, I'm a terrible. Me. Yeah, no, I'm really, really bad. We actually had a um, spelling bee cookout thing for my friend who was leaving town and she was a teacher. And so we did a spelling bee for fun and we were drinking but like um with eighth grade spelling words and i got out on the first round what was the word marionette oh 
that's a tough one. I do, right. I couldn't do it. Especially with the pressure of like, we were standing on like, we made like a makeshift stage for it and like on the porch and there was people looking at, I was like sweating. I felt like I was, I was in eighth grade. It was, a, <laughs> it was not good. And luckily the person who won the spelling bee came in second at their eighth grade spelling bee. And they're like, I finally won. That's fun. She was a very good speller. I, that's a quality I didn't know I would, I want, but now I'm jealous of good spellers because it's, like, it's cool. They're cool now. From what I have gathered over the years is that a lot of bad, like a lot of great writers and storytellers also tend to be bad spellers. And I don't know what the connection there is, but I think <clears throat> I might, I'm trying to find out, but I might be slightly on the spectrum and I think mm-hmm. there's that element, but that also translates into storytelling because I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying dumb. that you're on the spectrum. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been it yet. Like, there's like no medical explanation. I'm just dumb. <laughs> no, I, I definitely feel um, like I, I feel very stressed. I feel like a strong writer. I feel like I can confidently say that, but I am fully aware of, um, things I am not good at that have suffered as, and I'm thankful. I'm like, I'm like, if I got like this, like almost like a video game, you know how you can assign your characters, like they're good at this thing and not good at this thing. So you can like distribute these, like, I forget what it's called, like the abilities or whatever. I feel like I'm like the worst at history. I can't remember anything historical, but I feel like I like to, uh, think of myself. Like I've, got these things creatively because I'm not good at those things yeah. and thank God I'm not good. I don't ever want to be good because it's just not something I'm good at. Oh, I'm terrible at math. When I would bartend, I'd have to stick my hand under the bar and count under my fingers to give people their prizes. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, but it's like, I'd rather be, yeah, like you said, I'd rather be a creative person who, and I'm like, I don't fit into the normal world and I don't want to fit into the Like, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I just, if, I'm glad I had an like inclination to this stuff because I love it. It's the only thing I want to do. So I'm like willing to sacrifice uh, parts of my brain and just accept. I'm never like learning languages. I will never learn another language. It, I've had so much class. I had four years of Hebrew in school. I had a, two years of French. I can't say a single word in either of them, but I don't care because I have <laughs> and. But you're good with I, lyrics. I think I want to do. So. Yeah. I wonder how many like poets. I wonder what those can, because there is like being, I don't know, I'm trying to articulate that. But, you know, like wordplay and all those things. Yeah. That's why I'm amazed when like writers like in novels, like they have this creative thing, but they're also for some reason really knowledgeable about everything. Like people who are really good at world building. That's another thing like where they have knowledge of like, government and especially like sci-fi stuff like they have science knowledge and government knowledge and like um writing ability like they have like that mix of creative and like i think i'm just like referencing your podcast now because i listen to a bunch of them but oh, the riley you. walker was it no no the napbys person was talking about like science like way over my head science stuff and i was like how do you do both of that like that's not fair it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that to me because it's like on paper you should not be a creative person if you're that science brained. Yeah, but my it's not me. My partner, she's very science brained, but she's also a great like visual artist. So I don't know. 
Yeah. That's like my sister. She just, yeah, she just got her doctorate in herbal medicine and she does tattoos and draws and I'm just, and she's gorgeous and smart. And like, it's like, oh, I love watching people who are good at everything, but also fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) I've always said, I'm like, I'm good at two things and then everything else. I'm just kind of, and I'm like a disaster in life. Like everything is a mess. I'm like forgetful. Like I, I've had to steal Kelly's, my partner, her license to make sure I could remember her driver's, her birthday. (laughs) Oh, I get that stuff too. I mean, at least we have our stuff though. We're, yeah, I'm, I'm proud to be just what I am and nothing more. I'll say that. Don't want to like, uh, disparage myself too much, but. Don't you also do tattoos though? Yeah. (laughs) You do tattoos and I, because I was looking at your website and there's a lot because you also do photography so you you're and your photos by the way i don't know what you used to shoot them and it wouldn't mean anything to me if you said what they were even though my wife is a photographer (laughs) (laughs) i like i could couldn't even tell you what kind of camera she uses and i've been with her for eight years but uh anyway you're you're highly creative thank you uh, yeah, like, I mean, art and music, that's my stuff and nothing else. I Yeah, I w- actually I have a degree in photography, which I uh, I think about with exhaustion because I it just I associate it with my student loans. But so I think that's why I'm not I don't enjoy photography as much as I could. <laughs> yeah, tattooing has been good. I just learned that. But the stakes for tattooing are so high. Like it's a little stressful. It's like the most stressful form of art to me. I'm getting better. So I'm less stressed out every time I do one. But yeah, it's like permanent forever stuff i mean yeah if you fuck up doing a tattoo which i have yet to do but yeah i mean the dude who did because i have my daughter's name on my on my there it's maybe but i don't i can't think about it but i feel like one of the um, there's like a i feel like he there's a space that's too far between the E and the B. So it kind of looks like it's, and I try not to think about it. Otherwise my neurotic weird brain will just fixate and be like, that motherfucker should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my daughter's name for the, my life. Mm-hmm. Who was Wednesday Adams for Halloween last year. Oh, and she that's was, a good costume. yeah, she was like five and she was like really super like into it. Like really like the whole, demeanor i was like really impressed that she wasn't just like half-assing it she was like yeah oh that's so good i god halloween last year i didn't do shit last year i was too that was like right in the thick of being like yeah. everything's ruined huh see as a weirdo who doesn't want to deal with the world i've been i've been like great i don't have to go anywhere <laughs> yeah and we just I, had oh god yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm like an introvert overall. Like, I was really excited not to, um, in some ways, to be home all the time and just get unemployment and blah, blah. But not being able to play music was... And my the venue I worked at closed, and it was the, like, best venue ever closed, <laughs> kind of thing. Closed and, permanently? Yeah. It was in an old staple of... You're in Asheville, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was called the Mothlight. It was... Um, it was, it had only been around for, gosh, I don't know. I want to say, I'm going to get it wrong. I feel like it was like 10 years, but, um, around there, but, and I worked there for 
going probably going on three or four years and we just played there all the time and all, like my other bandmate worked there it was a huge loss I felt it for a long time and we still like when we're booking shows now in town we're like where the fuck do we play which is a bad feeling because <laughs> yeah. we had our spot we had like a home that's important yeah but yeah I don't know how much you even want to talk about COVID time because I know it really I would be so happy to just forget it ever happened <laughs> yeah it's been I mean uh, it's been bad for some of my friends who are in uh, thankfully, no one's lost homes or like been put out on the street. But I know some people who I would consider successful musicians who were like, I were really cutting it close, and they had kids and shit. Yeah, yeah. We're well, hey, doing music. We bailed out the airlines, so we did a oh, the country. Uh, <laughs> we go from A to B, and the, so quick. And the Princess Cruises got bailed out. Like, all those important things got help. What? Princess Cruises. They're not even, like, they're not even, like, fully... They're, like, sort of an American company. and It's one of the cruise ships. And they, like... That's, like, like one of the only... Oh. Really, I was on a Princess Cruise once. That's, like, the one cruise I've ever been on. My grandparents to Alaska. It's, like, one of the only places I've ever been off the East Coast. Cruises seem... I, I don't know. It's why I wanted to leave Manhattan. I lived in Manhattan for a while and like it was po- like during 9-11, but then there was a plane crash post 9-11, like November 12th or 13th. And they what? locked, it was, there was a crash in Brooklyn. It was like a smaller plane, but like they locked, but they didn't know, you know, everyone was so on edge. They locked down the island and I was like, I don't want to live in a place I can't fucking leave. And that's how hey, I feel about yeah. cruises too. I'm like, I don't want to be trapped on water. Yeah. Well, you know, Titanic and all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I saw Jaws when I was like a kid, so that's still like a, I'm still tormented by and my daughter keeps saying she wants to see it and I'm like, "You don't." <laughs> Not at 5. I saw it at yeah. like 7. Hmm. That's how I feel weirdly enough about um when I go camping, I feel really stuck, even though I'm not, but I'm just like, I want, like, I want to leave immediately as soon as I get to wherever we're camping. I'm okay with cruises, although I wouldn't take one now, I guess, because now it's like being demonstrated. It's like one of the most, like worst industries ever for the environment and all the places that you go or whatever. It's like a terrible, terrible industry. Oh, but then we should start sinking ships. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I get weirded out by camping too. Like I don't, I'm like, I don't like to be out in the middle of nowhere. Like cities, like sure you might be able mugged, but at least I can see you coming in the woods. Like I don't, you know, they just they hide behind things. They slowly creep up on you. You're in the <laughs> <Dang>. tent. <laughs> yes, I'm oh. a paranoid person. Oh no, I am too. That's why I think if you have like. Actually, I don't know. I know plenty of people who are anxious that love camping. I live in a terrible place to hate camping too. It's like hiking city USA in Asheville. Like, but I live, my opinion is I live in a beautiful place. I can see a mountain from my porch and I, why go somewhere and (laughs) pouring rain? Um, why go somewhere and look at another mountain when I got my fridge six feet away 
from where I'm sitting at my house. Like, I'm just like, I don't need to go anywhere. I'm with you. Like, I like, yeah. we went to Palm Springs last weekend for Kelly's birthday, and I, that was great, but we were in a house. It's like, I want to be able to go to a diner. I want to be able to go to a bar. I want to be, <laughs> I don't want to go shit in a hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first time, I remember feeling so liberated the first time I um, shit in a hole decided, in the ground. <laughs> like, I don't like camping. I can say no when people ask me to go camping or hiking. And it was the best day of my life, frankly. The day I decided I could say no. I know. Yeah. So many people I know love camping. I'm like, I'll get a cabin. Cabin's cool because you know why? It's got a shower. Mm-hmm. She's got a shower and bears can't get in there. Yeah, we got bears all over our house. We see bears all the time. And that's close enough for me. Like they love, they will get into the trash. If like we can't put our trash outside before trash day or there, it will be everywhere. There's bears all over the place. We also had like a turkey in the yard. Are they We've had bears? a turkey in the yard for the last like month. Um, black bears, they're sweet as hell. Yeah. They wouldn't do anything, but... um. My town has Actually, them too. There was, yeah, they're I I like them. They're a little scary, but there was one like a foot away from our window eating out of our bird feeder, <laughs> and I did not sleep at all that night. But because it was just big, it was a big guy, and he was eating out of the bird feeder, and then he walked five feet away from it and just sat on his like sitting up on his butt and like looked at the sky for like five minutes, and it was like the most magical thing to witness. Cause he just looked like a big person, but also I was like, this is the most terrifying, huge lug of an animal five feet away from my house. Yeah. They wander around my, t- cause we don't live in Los Angeles. We live outside near the foothills. Mm-hmm. And like my friend has a bear that like comes up on her porch like daily and like, and, and we, I crossed one, came across one with my daughter once and like every, they've never eaten anybody, but I'm like, there's there's could be that day where they're like, hmm. Or if they're with their babies, I guess they get pretty, pretty. And I, you know, I don't want a bear. I don't want to be in a bear's mouth ever. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm no. going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> yeah. oh, that just reminds me of, uh, have you seen Grizzly Man? I, I can't help but think that when he made that film, that he knew that there was heavily comedic elements to it. Right? I mean, it's funny. I mean, it's tragic and weird, but it's also very funny at times. Oh, it's just, I mean, it's just so, um, light. It's like, a, it's the lightest way to like witness this dark story. <laughs> Cause it's so, yes, yeah, there's the, those moments in there that are so sweet and goofy. Yeah. It's a brilliant Herzog, man. Guy's a mad genius. Yeah. But it's like Jake has been a lot more of his stuff than I have, but I love that one. He did it, I think it's on YouTube, or I saw it on YouTube. He did a short documentary, maybe 20 minutes long, about people who've killed people or got had family members killed while somebody was texting. And it's really heavy duty. But it's like, also, it's just like pretty, because it's like, man. Could you imagine how you would feel if that's how you like ruined somebody's life because you had to text somebody? It's like, oh man, it's really yeah, heavy. it's just like different accidents. Yeah, it's a few of them, and it's like people who's lost people, and then the people who've also killed somebody, and it's pretty wild. Oh I, yeah, I don't know if I can handle that, man. That I mean, but I bet it's amazing. Yeah, it. it uh, 
But it's like I still see people texting all the time, and I'm like there, sh-, and I'm not one of those. There should be more laws, but I'm like, a fifty or five hundred dollar fine does not keep people from doing that. Like, oh no, yeah, we, it's especially on tour when you're going everywhere, and you're, there's sometimes when I will look out the window, I gotta just stop looking at people <laughs> when I'm in passenger seat because it's like literally there's more people on their phone than not at this point, and it's really disturbing and actually me and jake got um fucking hit at a this guy ran a red light and hit our car like a few weeks ago my car got like totaled damn i'm sorry was he texting i don't i mean yeah i don't know but it was definitely something i don't know he just ran right through a light so i mean that's the go like the go-to usually that people are just because everyone's doing it it's like or you're looking yeah, at how to get somewhere. Like, is the, or. Yeah. yeah. It's. Ugh. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. Car, cars are. I that's one them. thing about that. Um, the album cover for our next thing. It's all those crushed cars. I'm hoping I didn't do the. Uh, some sort of uh, manifestation there. <laughs> I'm not into that stuff. But, you know. Uh um, speaking, cause we, we've messaged about this. Did you grow up in Asheville or around Asheville? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Greensboro, which oh, is right. like two and a half hours east of here, but I've lived here. I went to school here. So I've been here like five years. Cause I've had tons of friends or I've had at least five. That's not tons, but I know. And then all my friends know people who've moved to North Carolina and it's either Raleigh, Greensboro, or Asheville. Is there another place that anyone normal would want to live? Um, well, if you're going to like school, like Chapel Hill. Oh, Chapel Hill. That's right. Durham is cool. Oh, Durham. Then there's like, there's some beach towns too that, um, I, they're at like the, they're eight hours away from me. So I haven't been there in a long time, but, um, yeah, I mean, I love North Carolina. I love living here, but you were saying, I've never lived that the rent, the because like because I'm thinking if you know it's everybody from California moving to like because California is like losing population, which is the first in like decades, yeah, if not ever. I think <laughs> it's like people have always moved here, but it's getting so crazy. But I'm like, is that are, is there that feeling in in your town of like oh more California people fucking everything up? Oh, not I mean not California specifically, but yeah, this town is. Um there's it's really hard to meet people who have i have two like townies in my band like two people that have grown up here and that's like rare as shit (laughs) like it's everyone's getting priced out and like um a lot of people are retiring here that's the main thing oh i know Um, duncan trussell i think just moved there do you know duncan uh -uh. he's a podcast guy and he has a really crazy show on netflix that's like clearly influenced by lsd <laughs> yeah i feel like i recognize that name he used to do stuff with joe rogan but vastly different than joe rogan is that um mid- midnight yes yeah midnight yeah. Gospel. gospel yeah that's I duncan that yeah he's living i'm yeah, thinking that he lives a little outside but yeah he's an old okay. Yeah, a lot of cool people like live here, and it's cool. He's but, from um, there originally. That's but it's, huh. but he was escape. But he was like, I can't buy a house in L.A. Fuck this. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's probably better than L.A., but um, 
It's yeah. Like, I mean, we, we are, we lucked out because we live, um, our, so it's our house right here. And then our friends live next door. And then next door to that is the, our landlord who are good friends with, he's like this 80 year old dude who grew up in the house next door. And me and Jake live in what used to be the garage for that house. And so all of us like, um, pay our rent is not very much luckily. Cause that guy's just lived here forever and needs people to rent out these spaces. But, um, yeah, anytime you get, I mean, just any, if you're trying to move somewhere new, the prices are so much more than they, like, I don't even know what people are paying now for rent. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't imagine moving cause our deal is so good here, but just seems it goes up every year. I think the living wage here now is sixteen seventy five, nice. or like almost $17 an hour. I get, I'm not getting paid that. I don't think any, I don't know anyone that's getting paid that because the only jobs in town are retail and food service because it's a tourist town. So it's a bad mix. So yeah, the only people that can afford to live here are retirees or like people with money, I guess. I just, yeah, I just didn't know if, cause I've known so many people who've moved out that way and it's mostly like musicians and Duncan. Yeah. And I know one actor person who, but I don't think she lives in Asheville, but she moved to North Carolina and she was able to buy a house. Charlene Yee, do you know Charlene Yee? <laughs> she's in Superbad and she did, now she does music and paints and she's like, it really, she did my logo that you're staring at. Oh, yeah. But uh, I just was curious because I know like in Portland, people are like, fucking LA is ruining our city. <laughs> and just, oh, like, yeah. Because so many people moved up to Oregon. But Portland I, is really similar to Asheville. There's like an exchange thing there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like, um, I think we're, I remember someone telling me a long time ago that we are like sister cities, but, um, in this, I don't remember what they meant by that or what that even means, but there is like, a, like people will move from Asheville, will move to Portland, Portland, cause they want to go somewhere else that's like Asheville, but elsewhere and then come back because it's, um, just as expensive and kind of a similar spot. So like the whole reason they left is why they end up coming back, but I don't know. I still love Asheville. The music scene here is great. There's, there is a ton of musicians here and really talented for like a random Southern town. Um, it's a good hub for stuff. That's great. I mean, that's what, I don't know. That's, I've never wanted to live in, I lived in three big cities and I'm like, I want a medium city or a smaller, like Portland. When I went to Portland years ago, I was like, this is great. And then it became, I was cool. I was ahead of everybody to want to move there. <laughs> But there's like no jobs there either. Like that's the, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Asheville. I, people that live here that will te- will beg you not to move here though. <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> there's signs, like we, like anyone who lives here is so anti-tourist. Like there's been a ton of demonstrations downtown of just like bothering people that are visiting just cause it's so toxic <laughs> like i don't know our downtown like i don't hang out downtown ever but what did tourists yeah. come to see the, the, i don't know what the sites are um before i would say before recently it was like we were like a hippie mountain town so they just wanted to see like hippie people <laughs> in the wild i guess and like go to hippie stores and 
stuff like that. It doesn't really seem like that anymore, though. It seemed like they opened an anthropology on a street, and um, now it just seems like a weird, almost like, do you know what Old Salem is? Yeah. It's like a, yeah, like a, almost like a fake city <laughs> to like um, appease people that want like a quaint mountain town shopping area and eat some food and do whatever. Um, it mostly just seems, yeah, it seems like a fa- like a front for a town. Like it's like not a real town, <laughs> at least downtown. There's parts of Asheville that I would like are the best, <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of it is um, not real. <laughs> like made up areas. <laughs> well, it's weird to me when people go, sh- go on, vacation or go to an touristy things and then it's like you're going to an anthropology where they have that in your town or you're eating at a cheesecake factory when they have that in your town (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i mean another thing might be like i remember i used to go to a few towns over from greensboro to go to urban outfitters which was a big thing when i just wanted to get all my clothes there so i would go like an hour and a half to shop at urban outfitters and there's like a bunch of like outside of Asheville, it's just a bunch of small little towns. So maybe people from like people come from like Bryson city, which is a tiny town where I got my COVID vaccine. Um, but people <laughs> come from there, <laughs> um, uh, to shop, I guess, or whatever. But yeah, it's a weird, it's, uh, it's, I can't imagine ever leaving, but at the same time, it's one of the most infuriating places. But everywhere is like that kind of. I think I would be. I would find things to be infuriated about in every place. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the overpriced shit is happening. Like that, we moved to this town outside LA, and when we moved here, it was like this quaint little down. And this is like four fucking years ago. This isn't even like fifteen years. It's like the, it was a cute little downtown with a lot of independent businesses and like a great record shop that had been there for decades. And people would be like, "I got my first forty-five there when I was ten or whatever," and then priced out and then every like and i was like the record like the, it was one of the biggest uh, <laughs> selling points to me of this town is like this guy had great used records and he was like yeah. really cool and his family ran it and then i was like isn't there shouldn't there be a law that you can't just price out something that's so intricate to us and who knows what and it's just the whole downtown it's like oh another uh gastro pub great just what we needed i mean that's there's a few businesses that have been around for a while that um, are foundational to the city that like people would lose their mind if they closed. Um, and I think like, that's one thing about Asheville. Like we will guard, like people that live here will guard places like that with their life if they can. Um, and that's one, like there is a community aspect around the art spaces here that like people will gather if something's at risk. So there's places that have held on, but yeah, it is a shame when like those, yeah, I'm sorry about your record store. That sounds like, <laughs> I was man. just so stoked probably for the better. Cause I would, I already spend so much money on records often that I don't have the money. I don't have the records. I, I do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the last uh, record you bought? I'm just curious. Uh, I, there's like this record shop that in LA that when they were, it's called Permanent Records, which is originally a Chicago store, but they one they had a really bad winter and they were like, fuck this, and they opened up an LA store. <laughs> but they do this thing every night where they um 
like they just post records on Instagram and if you call dibs you get it and then I've become addicted to it so like I'll just keep refreshing and then I'll find myself almost calling dibs on records I don't even want because it becomes like a junkie thing where I'm like I, I got it but the last I bought Kind of Kinks which is a record I've wanted um Oh, uh, the last two records I bought is because I is I have Fake Fruit coming on vinyl and Sunny and the Sunset's new album, also which is I pre-ordered and I'll probably is your album. It's because I've been listening to the link that Owen sent me, and I, mm-hmm. I forgot to look before we started talking. Is it not officially out yet? Oh no, it's not out till August. I oh, think we okay. just have a single out right now. You do? Or, I, don't think I know, but yeah, <laughs> I I do the same thing when I talk. Yeah. Um, the next one comes out in like two days. Awesome. It was great talking to you. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with The Wire. Please become a Patreon subscriber. If you like, also subscribe to the show on your iTunes or what have you not, and tell your friends about the show. That would mean a lot to me. As well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or com or Conversations with Dwyer at the Instagram, and you could learn more about the show, buy merch, and all those great things. Thank you very much for listening.